Welcome to Biohack Your Beauty. I am your host, Dora Van de Kamp, and I'm here to help you find the most powerful beauty biohacks, nutrition principles, lifestyle habits, and spiritual practices for optimal well-being. My podcast offers tools to help you discover how to exude inner and outer beauty, how to design a life of deep sensuality, joyful relationships, divine adventures, and freedom from disease. But most of all, I created this podcast to join you in co-creating a better world by standing in our own power and emanating our own authentic beauty. Let's biohack the mind, body, and soul, and let's do it together. Hi, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in on this fine day. I am actually getting ready to host my first official Biohack Your Beauty workshop in Punta Mita, Mexico. And in that process, I have really been exploring the theme of energy tools, specifically visualization and the power of the mind to heal and regenerate the body. It's fascinating to read testimonials as well as scientific studies of people who have used visualization to reverse cancer or degenerative diseases and even less significant signs of aging such as wrinkles and arthritis. So it's very fitting that today's guest is very familiar with energy and its power to heal the body and, in her case, manifest personal success. Milana Snow has always lived in a world of contrast. Spending her childhood reading the Bhagavad Gita and her tarot cards, she went on to the world of fashion and entertainment, becoming the winner of Project Runway and working with clients like YSL, CoverGirl, L'Oreal, and Gaunt, as well as working behind the scenes in publishing, public relations, and creative direction for Vibe, Uptown Magazine, Vespa, and Portia. Milana has integrated her passion to connect and empower others to heal themselves as a Reiki healer, meditation teacher, and founder of Serene Social, serenebook.com, and the new wellnessofficial.co, an interactive online marketplace that features the best of curated practitioners and brands from the global wellness community. On this episode, Milana and I discuss holotropic breathing, the law of attraction and spirituality, and break down Reiki and its potential to heal and harmonize the physical and emotional body. Today's show has been brought to you by one of the most amazing and powerful technologies that is out there to help your body regenerate cells. Biophoton Services provides a revolutionary approach to how the body is healed. It's a holistic method that addresses the physical, mental, and emotional elements of well-being. Biophoton Services utilizes an advanced biophoton resonance filter that is able to recalibrate the body's own light emissions, also known as biophotons, that govern the health of each cell. And I actually had an experience just this past week where I was having this crazy amount of back pain and neck pain, which is really unusual for me because I'm very used to being active and not having any real health issues or pain in my body. So I have a very low tolerance for it. And so I went to Biophoton Services to see my practitioner, Kathy, and she treated me with Biophoton therapy. And the next day I woke up with no back pain or neck pain, which was huge because 
for the past two weeks, I had had neck pain and back pain all the time. And it was so crazy to me that something so simple and so non-invasive could really heal my body and do something so powerful. So, you know, I still have a little tightness and I definitely, um, I'm going to see her again this week, but just that amount of healing in such a short amount of time is so amazing and powerful. So I'm excited that I actually get to share that with you because it's such an incredible modality that we have available. And I just want everyone to be aware uh, that this is available to them. So if you are interested, go online, biophotonservices.com. If you mention my name on your first visit, you will get 20% off. Okay, I know you're ready for this. I know you're excited for this. I'm excited to share it with you. So without further ado, Milana Snow. Welcome to the show, Milana. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? How's this cosmic craziness going for you? You know, I, usually I, I, I don't have much to say about times like these, but boy, am I feeling it all right now. <laughs> yes. Feeling it all. Yes. Yeah. The feels. Totally. How about you? You know, I definitely am feeling it. I am not a technology buff whatsoever, but this is really humbling me because every little technological thing is kind of going haywire. And um, yeah, just those communication lines, they're definitely... uh, a little scrambled. So just keeping that into account, I think that helps too. Just being like, well, it's all right. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be okay. So yeah, I would like to start by just talking a little bit about you and your journey in becoming this powerhouse of wellness. Can you talk a little bit about what brought you to this point? Were you always into wellness? Oh man, you know it's it's funny. I um I, I always kind of joke that I've always been a really uh, weird kid inside, <laughs> and that it started from the very very beginning. Um, I was, gosh, I was probably something like ten or eleven years old, and one of the first books I even remember reading was the Bhagavad Gita, wow. um, which is is you know definitely not the average first book that most of my friends were reading yeah. at the time. Um, <laughs> There also are some other reasons why that happened to be my the first book that were very you know interesting coincidences quote unquote but um, yeah I, I was a very um, curious kid in the spiritual realm and I was raised by an agnostic uh, family so there really wasn't a reason specifically why that was the case for me but for some reason I just you know found meditation um, in middle school from reading on my own I found. Uh, different uh, modalities in the esoteric arts and, and just really trained myself from, from middle school onward. So for about 20 years, I've been practicing all forms of um, consciousness, and mindfulness, and esoteric uh, work. Wow, that's a long time. Middle school is <laughs> early age to start meditating. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I actually don't, I don't know what I must have been reading to have um, first, you know, decided to do that but I do remember laying on the floor of my bedroom and just going into a deep meditation and having you know just the the deepest meditation that I think I've ever had actually and and waking up uh 
maybe a few minutes later thinking it had been hours and hours and just being like, whoa, that was real. So that's kind of always been who I am and how I've been all along. When you were younger and you were doing this meditation work, did you kind of see that as a tool or was it something that you didn't really know the power of yet? Was it just something that you practiced? Um, I think, I think it was a little bit of both. I was really naturally curious. Um, uh, you know, some, I kind of always, I would read about indigo children and I always felt like I was an indigo child and I didn't really understand what that meant, but I felt there was something different about me at a really young age. We moved a lot when I was a kid and I spent a lot of time by myself as a kid. So I don't think I really knew what was going on, but I did know that, um, I was I was really curious and that I was finding things that were very deep experiences and that were, you know, things that I'd only read about had been possible. Um, I, I used to actually uh, hypnotize my friends at, at, as young as uh, second and third grade wow. and it would work. And so that that kind of stuff was, you know, it really started to make me wonder, OK, what is all of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, it really just kept on going. And I, I started finding other religions, other spiritual paths. I started to study, you know, Christianity very deeply. I started to study Wiccan, um, earth magic, um, new age, uh, wellness. And so it just kind of kept on evolving, but it, it has always come out of like a real deep, genuine curiosity. Mm-hmm. When you were studying all of these different, um, spiritualities were you finding any common threads between them oh that's such a great question um you know it's funny I I think that's why I always why I always was such a seeker because I wanted to find the common thread between all of these things and see where maybe there was the same thing was being said but in a different way um I think I think the thing that I have found over time is that you know, they're really, um, there's something bigger than us, but yet it is still inside of us. So we are more than our physical bodies, yet everything that we are searching for is within ourselves. And I think that's something that, um, even with Christianity is something that's, um, you know, said in a different way than say Wiccan, uh, or, you know, um, even, you know, some of the Eastern religions, but that essentially like everything that you're seeking is actually within you whether that be the Holy Spirit or that be your higher consciousness or um, your intuition, uh, but it's all within you. Mm. Do you identify with one particular religion or spirituality? No, I'm very fluid now. I, 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 and I think what's so special about my very winding path of seeking is that, um, you know, I have uh so many different blended spiritual beliefs. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much that I am, you know, at the intersection of, um, like, for example, you know, I tell some of my Reiki clients, I have some Reiki clients who are like, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian. I feel really uncomfortable with the concept of doing Reiki. And what is your perspective on that? And what's your relationship to Jesus? And, and I say, you know, I definitely am uh, more of a new age person but I, I work with Jesus all the time, and that's something that I believe that he worked in and was able to do to heal people through his hands and through the power of his belief. So there's just a lot of intersections there. 
some people don't feel comfortable with that. I know some people that I went to church with probably would not take that description very kindly, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) but I think, you know, for me, it's really just finding what's true for me and then practicing it over many years. I think that's the biggest thing, just practicing it, putting into practice, um, the things that I've read about, and then for many years, experimenting with it and finding what's true for me. And it's really an intersection of all of these spiritual paths and religions and and there's always more I'm always seeking to find more yeah it's a really beautiful path I think the spiritual path and so I'm a minister's daughter so I grew up with Jesus since the day I was born (laughs) and it's interesting because yeah and I I wasn't uh, a Christian you know and I wouldn't say I'm a Christian now Um, I definitely strayed far away from that for a while as well you know because you're on your path and exploring and often the the people who have been in your life, they see you in a certain way. So then when you kind of change, it's sometimes scary for the people that care about you. And I came back to this place of really embracing Jesus as this amazing, powerful healer. And now I, you know, I kind of connect with Jesus all the time and he's a huge part of my spiritual practice. So Yeah, it's a kind of a beautiful thing when you can explore on your own and just create and understand everything in your own unique way, because we all have a different experience and a different spiritual experience. So totally. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, the more research that you do um, and the more just study and, and meditation that you do, you realize that a lot of these um world religions were intersecting. You know, there's a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Yogananda and the self-realization um, organization that he's created, but, you know, he, his, his uh, lineage of yogis believe that Jesus actually was doing yoga in the Himalayas mm. during the, you know, first 30 years of his life when he, before his story came out, when he came back to wow. uh, Middle East. So this is, once you start to see that, they actually have, uh, different texts or um, ancient texts that talk about Jesus being there. So it's, it's really interesting when you see how many of these things from Christianity to um, uh, Islam to Judaism, and, and then even looking at even some of the Eastern and Western, um, you know, beliefs and, and spiritual paths, there's a lot of intersections and a lot of similar stories and archetypes. So it's, it's really important, I think, that we all really just explore Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if more people would explore, I think they would have a deeper understanding of their own feelings and ideas about religion and spirituality and their own beliefs, because a lot of us mm-hmm. have just a really narrow experience. Maybe they we've gone to one church all our lives, or maybe we've only had this one Bible. And so that's kind of our understanding of what it means to have a higher power but when we explore other cultures and other spiritualities I think we can decide for ourselves what we really truly and innately believe because a lot of that is ancestral as well and exactly that comes through I think too so totally yeah it's 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 exciting and I think it's cool to acknowledge as you just did that it's always continuing it doesn't just end you're constantly expanding your understanding yeah exactly and I think when we stop expanding and we stop seeking uh, wisdom and knowledge 
then we start to actually age backwards. I mean, forwards instead of backwards. I think when we remain curious and flexible and open, I think when you look at people who are youthful and healthy and beautiful, I think it's because they've allowed themselves to continue to expand Mm -hmm. and to continue to um, learn and even go through the ups and downs of that process. And when people shut down the learning process, that's when they start to age and, and things really start to shut down. So do you have any spiritual practices in particular that help you align with your higher power and your source? Oh, so many. Gosh, I have so many. And, and, and speaking of expansion, you know, I'm constantly, constantly learning new ones. Um, just like an insatiable uh, desire for, for new tools. And not because the tools that I have are not good enough or not serving the purpose, but because as, as I grow and expand and as my consciousness expands, the needs of my consciousness expand as well, you know, or maybe even lessons for that matter. And maybe they become more simplified. Um, but I think for me, one of my go-tos right now and has been for, um, I'd say the past year is breath work. I really, really rely on breath work as a daily practice. And it's actually one of the, um, tools that I share with all of my Reiki clients, because I feel that it is really, the fastest way to get out of your head and into your body and to really experience presence, which I find when we really allow ourselves to be fully present is when we can really um, have those revelations that are constantly coming to us that we're just not able to hear because we're constantly projecting into the future or reflecting on the past. And sometimes that can be really positive, but a lot of times what we forget is that all of our power is in the now and so to yield that power and to tap into the infinite consciousness and the infinite possibilities, we have to find these like touch points to help anchor us into the now. And I find that um, breath work is, is really one of the fastest and easiest ways to do that. What does breath work look like? Is that something that you do? Do you do that in the morning? Is it like a half an hour thing? Or is it like a couple minutes and you're there? What does that breath work look like? Yeah, so I, I do a few different types of breath work, but the one that I'm specifically talking about that I actually teach um, to my clients is holotropic breathing, and it's actually a three-part breath through the mouth, and um, it's it's breathing into the base of the belly, and then breathing a second breath into the chest, and then exhaling it out through the mouth, and it's literally just performing this breath pattern over and over and over again. For me, I do it for about 35 minutes, and after you know, even just 10 minutes of that, not even 10 minutes. Sometimes for me, it's like two minutes of that. Sometimes I start to tear up um, and not because I'm necessarily emotional, but because things start to rise to the surface. My body kind of now has like the space and the focus to really allow itself to receive and release. And then I start to really dip into like that, that deeper consciousness of being totally present and things come up. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're a little bit challenging, but I just keep that breath work going where I allow myself to observe my thoughts, but not attach to them, let them pass, let them inform me. And then new thoughts come up and I keep on breathing and I exhale out what I need to exhale out. And after about, I'd say 20 minutes, I'm in a completely different state of consciousness where it's a meditative state, but also from a physical perspective, my body and also emotional, mental, and energetically, I've started to clear and release things that I was maybe clogging up my energetic flow with. How interesting. 
I wonder the physiological effects of that as well, because I'm sure there is are so many benefits to that process. I mean, you're literally oxygenating your whole entire body. Exactly. And it, it has a very similar effect to the runner's high without breaking the lactic acid or going on the run, raising mm-hmm. your, your heart rate. It, it, it's very similar in that you're bringing more oxygenated blood cells to the brain. And, and I think it actually has that same effect of, you know, when you have runner's high, it's not just a physical uh, release, but it's also a mental clarity, a state of clarity. And, and for me, usually a little bit more optimism, a little bit more of a higher perspective of things when I get my runner's high. And you can have that same effect when you do this breath work. And that's from a physiological uh, perspective, just as well as it is anything else. Do you lay down when you do it? Or do you just? I do. Okay. That's very important. Yes, I do lay down. And I, I, you know, I just started practicing this. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, I also do uh, monthly meditations on um, online that are energy healing sessions. Um, so I, I teach this every month. If people are interested, they can they can um, sign up for my uh, Patreon each month, and we, we can do that together. But it is a little bit easier when you have help. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of things are. (laughs) And we need that. We need the guidance. I think a lot of us want to do things on our own. And, you know, we are intuitive beings and a lot of things are good to explore on our own. But taking the opportunity to ask a guide or somebody who's had the experiences is a pretty powerful practice, I think, as well. And, Mm -hmm. And just acknowledging that we don't have to do it by ourselves. There are sisters out there and brothers out there who will help us become who we want to be. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I would like to talk a little bit about your journey into the amazingness that you have going on now. And I think it started in your childhood and then it kind of came to this place in the TV show, Project Runway, mm-hmm. which was a really amazing thing in just in that it's a, such a creative experience. I think the whole show is all about creativity and expression and just a really beautiful forum, I think, for people to express themselves. And you were a model and you actually won the modeling competition, which is really cool. So, uh, and one of the reasons I love the story is because there was a, a lot of magical energy there. So can you talk a little about, about that experience and winning Project Runway? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite stories to tell because it was such a profound experience for me in a way that is not what I think most people would expect. I think when you hear that I won Project Runway, this big international TV show, you know, that, that all the accolades are very, um, physical and, and, um, you know, outside of myself, but actually the reason why this particular experience was so incredibly profound for me was because while all of that was going on, it was a very spiritual journey for me. And that that was actually what this experience was about and that it was so special that the universe, God, spirit, however you want to put it, would would give me an opportunity for it to also be something that others could see in such a beautiful, powerful way. So, um, you know, I think it was really interesting for me because at the time I was really practicing 
the law of attraction, but I also was new to it. So in some ways, you know, I was practicing it, but in other ways, I was just kind of enjoying my life. I had just graduated from college. And I think that's a big part of a law of attraction, just enjoying your life. I had literally just graduated 10 days before I was working at Vibe magazine, which was one of my favorite magazines I was just happy to even be working for. And I just gotten back from being back home where my family lived in Texas and had been eating tons of Texas food, which if you've ever been there, you know, that's not very healthy. And I just gotten back to New York City and I was like, man, okay, I'm back. I'm, I'm here. You know, no expectations. I had a job. I just graduated. And, uh, and then I get this phone call that I'm uh, to go to this audition for Project Runway. And at the time, I wasn't really a working model. I had maybe booked a couple of commercials before that, and that was it. And, you know, kind of wasn't really too concerned about what was going to happen there. So to get this phone call was a, a, a big turning point for me in many ways. And when I hung up the phone, I got this hit, this like spiritual voice that came through and said, you are the winner of Project Runway. And, you know, just because of my, my long history with working in the spirit and, and, and communicating with spirit, I, I knew that wasn't my voice. And I automatically responded, not knowing that someday I would tell this story, by the way, I automatically responded and said, God, can I just go to the audition first? Like, gosh, slow down. You know, that was kind of how I responded. I thought that was kind of a funny thing to hear. I was like, that's so weird. Can I just go? And so I went and, and I noticed automatically the moment that I walked into the room that there was a, a special energy. It just felt like there was a palatable thickness in the air that I knew something was different, um, especially since I never booked anything. <laughs> so, so I knew, I was like, hmm, this feels different. They're like smiling at me. They think they recognize me. They definitely don't because I'm not working. Um, so what is this? This is interesting. And I went home that night and I just said, you know what, God, if, if this is really, if that was the voice of, of the great all that is spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, all the same to me, if that's what I heard, if that was, you know, not just my ego, then if I book this job tomorrow, because they were going to literally tell us the next day, um, then I'm just going to believe that I'm the winner. And I'm going to practice all of these things I have been reading about. I was reading books like Conversations with God. I was reading The Celestine Prophecy, um, offshoots of books like The Secret, um, just all these different types of books. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to try this out if I book this job. And I'm just going to actually believe. Um, and I guess what I was trying out was the practices that I had learned. And I'm going to believe that this is the truth and that all I need to do is be in the vibration of that truth. And so as I, you know, then booked it, I just practiced that every day. I kept my hearing, you know, very protected. I didn't allow myself to hear arguments. I didn't allow myself to get into gossip or to talk about each other or even to talk about, are we, am I going to get sent home tonight? Um, I would literally just ask myself, what does the winner of Project Runway do? Well, she doesn't compete because she's already won. Mm. So what does that look like? Well, what does the winner do? Well, I would say that she's friendly and kind. So why would I say something about somebody's dress or somebody looking a certain way? You know, so I just really practiced that and I guarded myself. And I, I, I don't want to use the word guarded, but honestly, at that time, that's kind of how I understood it. it was like, 
there's a lot of negativity in those small rooms where we would spend something like, you know, sometimes uh, 15 hours a day. And so I just really made sure that I didn't, uh, I didn't involve myself in that negativity. You touched on so many amazing things. Guarding yourself against negativity, I think is a huge thing. And guarding sounds kind of uh, protective because there's kind of that mm -hmm. contrast with that. But I think in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, it's really true because there's so much, even more so now, I mean, times have even changed since then where the social media aspect is also a huge totally. component and we totally. are so open. I mean, we go, I think first thing in the morning, most people go on Instagram or Facebook you know, and let all of that in all that negativity or all of those ideas and energies. And I think we do have to be more protective of our space and our energy and uh, the visual things we, uh, we let ourselves see because they do affect us and they give us different energies that might not be in tune with our own. So I think that was really, really cool that you touched on that. Yeah, I think it makes me think, you know, here I was in this like green room every day with, with 17 women at first, and then each each week that would get shrunk down when people would get eliminated from the show. But it kind of reminds me of being in close quarters with people at, a, at an office, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's like, if, if, if you're going to the water cooler or the coffee pot, and someone's talking about how stupid Jackie is, well, mm -hmm. you have to guard yourself from that, because talking about that, or even listening to that, is definitely not high vibrational. Mm -hmm. So that was really, that was a major component. And I think another big, big thing that forever changed my life, especially since I was an athlete for, from a very young age, was that the competition is really, it's an illusion. You know, here I am on a show where we're being told that, you know, designers choose us. And then if the designers are good enough, they get to stay on. But it, you better hope a good designer chooses you because they have the, the upper hand in the choosing. Lots of things about that comparison and competition. And so there was all of this. You might get eliminated if you don't fit your dress well or if you don't get along with people. And I just, I didn't even pay attention to that because I had a very fixed set intention about what was happening for me. So me not being skinny enough, which by the way, I was considered the curvy model on the show, mm -hmm. which was hilarious because I was very small, yeah. but I was considered, you know, kind of the, the underdog even before I won. And, and none of that was even a consideration for me because I already had had my mind made up on who I was and what I was doing. And that's so powerful because it is that practice of acting as if it's real, even though, I mean, it is real and that's how you have to approach it as well. But yes, it's, if you want to have this career or this prize or this possession or this relationship, you have to put yourself in that vibration and so I think you did an amazing job, obviously, because you won, <laughs> but you know, you, you really did. It's almost like you had to keep yourself in that frequency, in that vibration. Yeah. And this is, this is the kind of scenario that no one could say, oh, well, that was a coincidence. This was the kind of scenario that was, that's how the universe is so crafty and amazing. This was the kind of scenario that there was, there, there was no possibility that I 
would be the one to win for, for many, many reasons. And I mean, I guess technically it was one in 17, if you want to give hard numbers, but really there were a lot of other factors that came into play and it just shows you how none of those things matter. And I should also just say that as I'm telling this very story to you guys, it is reminding me yet again how I can apply this story to my own life right now and today. So if anybody is feeling like, okay, great, that was like one extraordinary experience eight years ago, just know that these are these are models for all of us, including myself. As I speak, I'm literally like, oh, yeah, Moana, remember this when you get off this call because there's some things we need to apply yet again. Because we all need that that reminder. We do, we do. And um, do you, are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? Oh my gosh, I listen to Abraham multiple hours a day. <laughs> same here, same here. It saved my life many times, and literally a few times. Um, and so the emotional guidance skill is something. Yeah. Put those in the show notes as well. But the emotional guidance skill, I think, is such a powerful tool and. You know, I do find myself as well. I mean, I know this stuff. I know it. I've used it. I've applied it. And yet there's some times when it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is something that I can apply to my life. It's there. And I have to remember it's there. And I think when we're kind of at the lower end of the scale, we forget. We forget our power. We forget who we are. We forget that we are source energy. And so, yeah, we need those reminders to get us back up there. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that's why I probably listen to Abraham all day, every day. (laughs) No, absolutely. For sure. And it's funny because I know that in any position or, or time in my life or emotional feeling that I've got going on, that's negative. If I listen to Abraham, no question. I always have clarity. I always have relief. Same. Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like prayer. It's just so amazing. Yeah. So if anybody out there has not heard Abraham Hicks, go on YouTube. (laughs) Yes. Go on YouTube and anything that you feel like you need clarity on, like I will type in confusion, Abraham Hicks, or intuition, Abraham Hicks, or financial issues, Abraham Hicks, it'll come up, you'll click something that calls to you. And there you go. It's the simplest. And it's always the right one. Isn't that just the most amazing thing? How those ones are always the right. Oh my God. Have you seen her live at all? I haven't. I haven't. But I know that I will when the time is right. And I have a feeling I'll be sitting in the hot seat. It's amazing. It's amazing. I I went to see her a few months ago. Yeah, my my best friend and I went and we were both like, we really wanted to ask, but we didn't have like a burning question. And so we thought like, well, we really want to feel it. But it was so weird because I feel like she kept looking at us like, come on, you know, are you going to ask a question or not? And I don't know, for some reason. And then it was funny because afterwards, I had gotten so much clarity about just things that had kind of come up in my life. I didn't have anything burning, like I need to know this, but everybody that came up and asked a question, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. Like, oh yes, that's right. This is something that I need to know. This is something I can apply. This is something that resolves this issue or this question. And so even if you go and you don't have a question, all of these 
answers come anyway. It's pretty amazing how that happens. Like you're right, you can click on any video and it will answer what you need to know. And it's the same when you see her. She just gives you so much clarity. It's honestly one of the most powerful spiritual experiences to have that tool. It, there is, I believe, nothing more powerful than the law of attraction. Yeah, same here. Yeah, same here. It's pretty amazing. So you win Project Runway, and then what happens after that? Well, that, <laughs> the story continues because it was really interesting. So I have this, you know, life-changing spirit evolving moment, turning point in my life. And then I don't book for about a year. I didn't book one big job for, I think it was about a year. Um, and ironically, that big check that you get when you win Project Runway, well, that didn't come for six months. Wow. So after I ran out of the money that we made on our day rate, I was broke after six months. I mean, probably less than six months because it was really not that much. And it was a big check that I was waiting for. And I remember, you know, being in LA, I had gone to LA right after. And I went to LA thinking, okay, I just did this big TV show. I'm going to now go and audition for stuff and, and see if I can ride this wave. And, and nothing. There was nothing that came through. I couldn't even find a good agency to represent me. It was wow. a really interesting thing. And I thought, what is going on, universe? I don't understand. We just thought we were on a good flow, you know, what's going on? And I just really wasn't getting the clarity and the answers I was seeking. And after a while, I, I came back to New York and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to kind of get back to just enjoying life. You know, I'm, I'm freshly out of college. At the time, I had to quit my job at Vibe, so I wasn't really working anymore. I had just enough money to get by, and I had lots of really great things that helped me kind of make it in between. And I remember uh, one morning, I just woke up, and I just said, you know, God, I just want to eat, travel, and meet people and get paid to do that. That's all I want. That's all I want. And I remember just saying that and walking away and, and leaving for my day. And then about a week later, I got a newsletter from a a casting company that used to send out casting through, through newsletters. And the first thing that was on the top of the email said, looking for travel show host auditions today. And the moment I saw that, I knew, oh my God, okay, it's time. It's time. We're back in the game. I'm about to get this. <laughs> and so I remember thinking to myself, well, now that I know that my prayer has been answered, what am I going to wear for this show? And I thought, I need to wear like, tank top and it was to shoot a travel show in Hong Kong, uh, Macau and Beijing in the middle of the summer, which if you've ever been to those places, it's extremely hot at that time of year. (laughs) And so I said, I would wear a tank top and shorts and Converse's. And so I went and everybody in there was dressed in high heels and tight dresses. (laughs) (laughs) And I went in there and I smashed that audition and I booked it. And two weeks later, I was in China. Oh my God. Literally. Um, and so that was about exactly, I would say nine to 10 months after winning project runway, having no work in between. And then finally, you know, my, my connection kind of turned back on. I think something to be said about the fact that I kind of just surrendered, allowed things to just be what they were, um, and, and enjoy my time in New York as a young woman. And, and I booked the show and I had the most amazing time that I've ever had anywhere and came back and realized, okay, I'm not going to model full time. I need to do something that 
really feeds my soul like that trip just did connecting with people uh feeling my higher purpose and that i'm bringing things to people that are of value to them and that are of service to the greater good and in that case it was really just giving people exposure to another culture another space another place and and so anyways long story short I was reading The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer when I got back, and I set the intention to start a business that I could truly be proud of, not because of how people perceived it, how it looked on television, but because I felt like I was really making a bigger impact. And that night, I went to yoga, and I had a vision of doing rooftop yoga at the James Hotel, and I knew that's it. That's my that's my uh, my my business. I don't know how that's going to make money, but that is a vision I've never had, and that's it. So. I proceeded to pitch that to the hotel and lots and lots of synchronistic events happened that I won't bore you guys with, but um, I then went and started my first business, which was an international wellness programming uh, and events community called Serene. And we produced rooftop yoga between New York, LA, and London. And over the course of about five years, I produced over a thousand events and built uh, two different websites to help connect people through holistic health and consciousness. That's so cool. And all of this because you followed your intuition. Totally. And it didn't make sense. I'll tell you that. It did not make sense. Yeah. (laughs) It did not make sense. But over time, it really made sense, you know, once I really put myself in it. But I have to say, everything was super grassroots in the very beginning. It was really, it was 2012. It was the turning point of the, like the wellness and consciousness space moving into the more mainstream consciousness. And, you know, I was 25 at the time. I really had nothing to lose. Making money wasn't really on my mind. I just wanted to connect with people. I just wanted to push the boundaries of, of what I experienced and, and what I could experience and then bring people with me. And, and that really is actually the basis of what I'm now creating with my company wellness official. And, and I'm so grateful because those five years of building a really organic community internationally came from, you know, just having an honest curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit, if you will, about Wellness Official. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you know, so I was just saying, this really came out of years of just being with people and healing myself and helping to heal others. And, you know, I became a Reiki healer about four and a half, five years ago. And um, I'm now going into my seventh year of being in the industry as a, as a professional. And, you know, there was just a lot of um, things that came up over the years that really helped me to understand that there were certain ways that the industry needed to grow. There were certain answers and tools that people needed to be able to reach, um, you know, a, a greater audience so that we could start to have consciousness and wellness be on par and, and make as much money as the, as the Western medical system and as the pharmaceutical industry. And how would that happen? And I would just look at that and really sit on that. And I looked at companies like um, Airbnb and I looked at companies like Etsy, which are companies I really love and respect. And I thought, you know, I think I need to make something similar to this, but for wellness, I have all these amazing practitioners in my database. I have all these amazing friends I trust and I love. And I'm a practitioner myself. I understand what we need. And I, I saw Etsy and I thought, let's make a multi-vendor marketplace that serves the wellness industry so that people can streamline their businesses. Practitioners can have everything they need in one place, but also so that users slash potential clients, I should say, 
clients around the world can actually find them and book with them in a way that's transparent and safe and and fun. That's what Wellness Official is for brands, holistic practitioners, and studios to be able to sell sessions, events, and products through their own stores to users and potential clients all over the world. How cool. And so is there kind of a criteria as far as wellness? Because, you know, we have people who are wellness practitioners. Is it coaches or is it physical wellness? Um, And then how does the, is it holistic or what are kind of the criteria that you take into account? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have over 130 modalities in the database, and it it really is um, the full spectrum of holistic health. There are some modalities in there that some people would say, I don't know if that's holistic. And I've actually said, you know what? No, it is. And one of them, for example, is cuddlers. There are professional cuddlers in the world, and I I actually have them in my database. I didn't know that, but that's like, (laughs) I feel like that's a really great job. Yeah. And and honestly, my God, I was sick last week and my housemate came over and gave me a hug. And I, I can tell you there's that I don't think I needed anything more than a hug mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. you know, and if I didn't have my housemate or friends nearby, you know, hey, I'm not against it, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying, when it's professional and safe, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of practitioners like that. But that type of that type of modality is a little bit more rare. We have a lot of um, holistic doctors. We have um, uh, lots of energy healers of all or all types of energy healing, such a large umbrella of practices under it. Um, we have uh, yoga teachers, massage therapists, coaches, nutritionists. The list goes on and on and on. But what's really cool about it is that you know the first group of practitioners that we're going to have on the database because or off the database because we are launching. Um, in full at the top of September to the invited members that we are having come on as practitioners. Those are people that I personally know that I've already vetted, and that's going to be the foundation of our site. But as we grow, because I do look at Airbnb and Etsy, and I want this entire industry to grow. I don't want it just to be for the few. I want it to be for the many. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really important to build a transparent platform Mm -hmm. where all of us can make informed decisions for ourselves. So, you know, who am I to say that a young yoga teacher who's 23 can't teach yoga, you know, mm-hmm. um, if, if, if she's transparent about her training and her skill level and somebody is, um, you know, clear on that and they can, you know, maybe her, her rate or excuse me, her yoga sessions are $50 as opposed to $150. Mm-hmm. I think we should make that accessible for the person who's right for her mm-hmm. and vice versa. Absolutely. So that's really the goal, transparency. I like that. And I, I believe that's a really important way to bring this holistic and natural concept of health to the people because so many of us, just as we have these beliefs about spirituality and religion, we also have those beliefs about health and wellness and what does it mean to go see a professional for your health or to consult with someone about your body or how you're feeling. And so I think this is great because it's going to open minds up and hearts up to there are so many powerful ways to heal. And there is not one right way for everyone. There are so many different 
modalities and concepts that are available to us now. So that's a beautiful thing that you're creating because it's going to give Thank so you. many people information and understanding and knowledge. And resources. And, resources. and I think also, you know, building a platform. I really built this platform actually with practitioners in mind. I, I'm under the the theory and belief that if practitioners are well-supported and have the tools they need, then we can really grow the industry. Mm -hmm. um, you look at the Western medical system and allopathic medicine, and, you know, we've got, we've got school systems and funding and entire hospital networks and, and, and databases that are driving us to doctors. But you don't have that same system um, in the United States for, um, you know, naturopathic doctors or, or um, holistic practitioners. And so I think it's really important that um, this platform is really a strong platform for the practitioners that they can really depend on as well as it is for the end user who comes and books with them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think it also really stresses the mind-body connection because so yeah. many of our, our old paradigms fall into, well, you have this illness because of a physical thing. And it's really so much connected to our emotional body and our our mental body and our spiritual body and they're all working together and so I think it's great because if you have this really wide uh, space for all of these different healers I think it does take those components it's not just about you know going to see I mean a naturopath hopefully they would have knowledge about emotional connections to the physical ailments but not every doctor does so it's mm -hmm. it's cool that those are things people are becoming more open to because I think that's a really important aspect of our health is our emotional and mental health as we've seen constantly coming up is our mental yeah. and emotional health is so important we have to take care yeah. of ourselves as healers and yeah. just as human beings in general yeah 100 percent yeah so I would like to ask you a little bit about Reiki just specifically because you are a Reiki practitioner and we haven't really touched on what Reiki is and what it means on the show before. So can you talk about Reiki and what is Reiki? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Reiki is an energy healing therapy that um, is actually uh, from Japan. Um, it does fall under the umbrella of energy healing. And with Reiki specifically, you can use um, your hands to either touch someone or hover your hands or actually send energy from a distance. It actually is all the same. Um, and this works on both the aura and the uh, chakra system to help affect the mind, body, spirit, um, wellness. So everything from your thoughts to the way that your physical body functions to, um, you know, being able to be in alignment with what you really desire. All of these things uh, we are able to work with as a Reiki healer. And it's really, it's really powerful because um, I find that the more that you work in your subtle bodies going beyond the physical, you will be amazed to see what kind of changes can happen from something that seems so uh, subtle. And so when you work with a client... Do you sense what's going on in their body or how do they tell you what's wrong or what's going on or how do you know when something is off? Well, 
you know, sometimes I, I always have someone, uh, when I sit with them, I have them set an intention before we start. Um, and often I'll set an intention before I even arrive or they arrive at my house. Um, but I don't like to get into too much. I find that a lot of times people want to tell stories about what's real for them and what other people are doing and how things have been. Um, not realizing that none of that really matters. The details are just kind of added details for the most part. Sometimes really just kind of blocking us from our own healing more than anything. But what I do find is that I, I kind of just find out, well, what is your intention? What is it you came here for? What are you seeking? Because out of desire, I think, is where the healing comes from. If you have a deep desire to heal anything, I think that's kind of like the, the spark the match, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first part. And then as I go through the session with them, I I kind of always have likened this chakra system to being like chapters in a book. I find that um, as I go through each chapter, I find out more about that person and I find out how each chapter relates to each other. So I like to spend my time to be able to go through each chapter, see what's open, what's closed. And as I do that, I get more information about why something is open, why something is closed, how is it in relation to what they're experiencing or what they've mentioned to me. And then as we go through it, I get pictures and I kind of hear things um, in my mind's eye that show me the bigger picture. And when somebody is getting healed, do they ever kind of say like, oh, I'm feeling this or do they feel anything while they're getting their uh, treatment? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, though, the first time I ever received energy healing, I always joke, I always say about how I was laying there on my bed, my friend was doing energy healing on me. And the entire time I actually said to myself, this is bullshit, stupid, (laughs) this isn't working, I don't feel anything. And I always joke because it's like me, the the spiritual one, you know, like <laughs> so spiritual. And here I am, like this is dumb. Um, and and it was really because I was completely disconnected from my body and disconnected from how I actually felt emotionally. And after after that, I cried for three days. Huh. And this is not always the case. People don't always have that experience, but I did. And it was really. Um, you know, it was really kind of confusing. Like, wait, I don't understand. I thought nothing was working and now I can't stop crying. What's going on? (laughs) And I realized after talking to my friend that I had, you know, blocked the way that I was feeling for so long that I had no awareness around my body, let alone my emotional health, that I just wasn't happy at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I find that sometimes not feeling anything doesn't mean much more than you know, there's more work to do. Um, and so sometimes people will have emotional outbursts. I had a session yesterday where my client had a really big emotional response, but I had another session two days before where we thought she was going to have a big emotional response given what was going on in her life. And for whatever reason, it wasn't. It was actually more blissful and peaceful, and she felt more at peace than she had in years. So it, it really is different with each person, and every single time is different too. Yeah. Wow. And so, because I've heard that some people, they may use some of their chakras more and then some of them they tra- they don't really use or they kind of are blocked in those spaces. So like yeah. for me, I am really working a lot from my heart chakra up. Uh, I'm wow. very spiritual, very like visual and, you know, all love all the time. And then 
But, you know, those, like, like I'm not a person that's ever drawn to red or orange or yellow. I'm like, ugh, I want right, pink same. and purple and <laughs> teal, you know? And so same. it's so funny because I had um, actually on an interview a few weeks ago, I had someone say that. They said, yeah, I was only working for my heart chakra. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Like, <laughs> that's totally me. I'm so, like, fairy floating around and stuff. But actually working to connect with those chakras like the 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 root chakra and the sacral and the solar plexus those are really important to have because otherwise one of the examples she gave was there's people who they're really in their upper chakras and they are really sweet and kind and loving but they have no money or you know they can't manifest anything physical or it's really hard for them to take action so it is really important to balance the chakras and to really activate and uh, unblock those chakras because you need them all. You can't just use yeah, some of them. Totally. And that's something that I, I 100% can relate to you. I, um, you know, have had a lot of trouble staying in my uh, second and, and, and root chakra over the years. And it would make sense because ever since a little kid, I've been meditating on my own, mm-hmm. you know, and just. Literally, I used to just astral project all day long when I was like seven, you know, and now at 30, I'm like, oh, okay, wait, like, we've we've got to pay attention to the lower chakras or actually for me, my body responds. My body's like, oh, you don't want to pay attention. You don't want to feel this. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll make you feel this now. You know, here's some pain. Here you go. And so I've had to really get with myself and say, okay, the physical world is not a lesser world, Moana, mm. you know, and, and in the past, for me, it used to show up as money. And, and I had to really look at that and was able to heal that because it, it really is true that, you know, you can um, come to a place where you're just so in the spiritual realms that you're not able to really tend to the earthly realms because you're not living in them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, amen. I think, and, and some of that is, I think, sometimes bypassing as well 100 yeah it's 100%. so sometimes it's so much easier to turn away from the things that are contrast that are hard to you know take action about or to feel because you know there's so much going on in the world that's hard to witness and to yeah. um to open up to and so yeah, I, I think, and that just shows you that the physical is so connected to the emotional. And oh, yeah. we really have to take care of the emotional components of our bodies and our souls and our spirits because they do affect our physical bodies. We're, we're, if we're going through an illness and, you know, we've tried this and tried that and maybe it's something else, maybe try Reiki, maybe that is the answer. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I would like to ask you about your beauty biohacks. So what are your top three beauty biohacks? Ooh, well, I have to say my first one is always going to be energy healing. Mm -hmm. People don't believe me, but I use energy healing on my skin even (laughs) Um, and visualization as well. Um, So I would say like using the energetics that we have, um, I use that to to kind of project things for myself, the way that I'd like my, my body to take shape or the way that I'd like to heal. 
Um, so that I think is a big thing around uh, beauty. One of my hacks that a lot of people just can't imagine. I used to imagine, you know, and I actually still do. Where does my food go when I eat it? If I chew and I'm digesting it, where is that food going? A lot of us are not realizing that we're thinking, oh, this is going to go straight to my stomach or it's going to go straight to my thighs. And it's like, you're actually creating that. Mm-hmm. How about this goes to making my hair longer or my eyebrows thicker? I love that. <laughs> about and it works let me tell you it really works um (laughs) um, I also really love using um and making my own oils for my skin I have very sensitive skin I try to use as few ingredients as possible so right now I'm using um grapeseed oil with geranium oil as my daily skin care um or uh, moisturizer and I'd say my third one is um gosh green juice Oh, yeah. The more green juice that I drink, the the better I look. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that, and the better I feel. Yes. Oh yeah, the power of green juice. It's like the the fountain of youth. I always say it's like green juice is totally. the fountain of youth. And if you believe that, then it really will be the fountain of youth. Yeah. <laughs> totally. The power of it, intention. Totally. Um, so, what is your definition of beauty? Ah, oh, my definition of beauty is. Oh gosh, that's a good one. You know, I think it's 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 just a vibrational thing. Um, I think it, I think you know, and and what's really interesting is it really is in the eye of the beholder. Um, and I think when we are in high vibration, everything is beautiful. You could see a, a bird that's dead, and you could see the beauty in that. Even you could um, see a beautiful woman walking by, and you could you could be a hater or you could be like wow she's beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think it really is about the vibration that we carry um and so vibration would be my answer to that I love that answer and I wholeheartedly agree our vibration and our energy is more powerful than we can even imagine yeah yeah well where can people find you Milana oh yes so um, please do check uh, out Wellness Official. It's wellnessofficial.co. Uh, we'll be launching very soon. And if uh, you get to it before we do launch, do sign up for the newsletter. You'll get all the updates. It's going to be an amazing launch that we have coming up. Um, I also um, have really been working to make my Reiki and energy healing more accessible to more people. So I will have a, a profile on the site. And in the meantime, um, you can me for monthly um, energy healing i have a monthly group session um, off of patreon that i've been finding has really um, been super helpful it's a full hour-long session that i do with the group um, and then if you want something more private and personalized i do do personal um, distance and uh, in-person sessions as well and that's all on milanasnow.com or patreon.com slash milanasnow wonderful well thank you so much for sharing your vibration and your energy and your wisdom this was absolutely awesome thank you (laughs) thank you thank you so much for listening to this amazing interview i hope you do end up looking up abraham hicks because it's been a really powerful tool for milana and for me and i put some resources for them and just for the law of attraction in general in the show notes. So I really recommend checking those out. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, with your family. I literally grab my friend's phones and just 
add the podcast on their phone, which maybe isn't the right way to do it because if you grab somebody's phone out of their hands, usually they freak out. But please share this episode. It's the best way that you can support the podcast and potentially get more amazing guests such as Milana to share their wisdom and all the ways that they know how to biohack their beauty. So please share, please subscribe. Thank you for tuning in. Have a beautiful week.